all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, shall we turn our Bibles to the book of Job? Job, the chapter, chapter 1. One. He found, can say amen. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. Isn't it beautiful that the Bible can say you are perfect? Amen. And upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a great, a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Greatest of all the men of the East. Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered to the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. 
The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth the Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Hallelujah. But he put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Shall we bow our heads? A gracious heavenly Father, we appreciate you this evening and approach your throne of mercy. Just be gracious to us. We have read the portion of the scripture. May you be gracious, dear God, by revealing the substance of this text that we have just read. Because anyone can read, but it takes a divine inspiration and revelation, dear God. That is why we approach you. Be gracious to us as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. I understand you had a great time on uh, Sunday. Amen. Brother Brera, I think he spoke to you about the ten visions, and I believe he emphasized the importance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Traveled very well to Nelspreet, and we appreciate the Lord for your prayers. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to speak about the seasons. Amen. Seasons. Bible, the Bible says, "For everything there is a season." Amen. Amen. Are you Are you here? Yes. Amen. Amen. Hope your Wednesdays normally are colder for a reason, just to test the believers. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to speak about seasons. The Bible says, "There is for everything there is a season," but uh, I'm looking at the. I mean, when you look at the book of Job, it can be uh, divided in three segments. One segment, it was a, a time of abundance, a time of prosperity. Then there was a time of trial, and there was a time of restoration. Hallelujah. A time for prosperity, and a time for trial, and a time for restoration. Did you get that one? Um, and restoration, it means that you have lost something. And you are going to lose certain things. But certain things are going to be restored to you. Amen. Amen. Because we serve the God that is a restorer. Yes. Amen. But this God, for every child that cometh to him, that child must be tried. Amen. Seasons, as in plural, not within. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, before we get into the life of Job, uh, and I think we're going to read quite a lot because there were some 
things that I came across, this book touched me so much because sometimes it deals even with the realities of life. Amen. Three powers are at display in this book. We are seeing the power of Satan, the power of faith, and the power of God. Brother Rome says everywhere you are going to see those three powers. The power of Satan, the power of faith, and the power of God. And the prophet says we find out that Satan begins to display his power always first. Hallelujah. That means before you experience the power of Satan, you are going to experience the power of Satan, of God. Before you experience the power of God, you experience the power of Satan. Uh, Yes, Satan has been granted limited power to create trials in our lives. But what is going to limit the power of Satan, it is going to be the power of faith in your life. Hallelujah. I hope we are together here. Now, as we zoom in into the life of Job, we found out that he had seven sons, three daughters, just to give you a background, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she donkeys, and a great household. With a great household, I don't know what it refers to, maybe a big house, I don't know. But the, the Bible puts a phrase, the greatest man of all the men in the East. Now, if you've got a time, may, as you read, maybe you want to quantify the wealth of Job, just go and find out what is the market-related value of one ship, times it by a thousand. What is the market-related of a Cayman, times it by three thousand. What is the market-related uh, value of a yoke of oxen, times it by five hundred then you can come to the conclusion of what the man was worth. He was a very wealthy man. I want to repeat, he was a very wealthy man. Amen. Amen. Now, I know it dispels the myth that you cannot, some people have got this twisted theology that you cannot be rich and serve God. Uh, The greatest man that supported Brother Branham's ministry was a man called Brother Brown who was wealthy during the time of Brother Brenham, and he sponsored the meetings. Uh, last time I checked, he was still in the message if he's not late. Amen. Now, one of the routines, these sons would invite each other to their houses for a feast or for a meal, including their sisters. And after every feast, Job would have what he called a consecration service, where he said, per adventure that they may have sinned against God, so that God can forgive them. Amen. But here I want to say, consecration service doesn't only mean people have sinned, but it is to call God and give God preeminency in your life for maximum impact. Are you still with me? But while they were carrying on with these routines, Then there was a private conversation between God and Satan that Job was not privy of. That means God went to Satan. He is the one that said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Hallelujah. God boosting about his servant to the enemy. Now you will see that he is beginning to take Job on dangerous grounds. 
And Satan accused Job of being the kind of worshiper that worships because of material success. And he alleged that because of the hedge that God had put around Job, should that hedge be removed, Job was going to uh, curse God. Now, let us look at the series of bad news. The first messenger cometh and says to Job, Your oxen and donkeys have been taken by the enemy, and all servants have been killed, and I'm the only messenger that survived to come and deliver this news. While he is entertaining this first news, the second messenger arrives and says the enemy has taken the camels and killed all the servants. I'm the only messenger that has survived. While he's entertaining this, the third messenger arrives and a lightning says the lightning struck the house and the entire roof fell on his children while they were dining out at his eldest son. So it was calamity after calamity. Are we together? I just wonder if we were worshipping with Job, what were we going to say to this man? Trial after trial, calamity after calamity. And then... Let's bring Job chapter 1 verse 20. On the screen, you don't need to look into your Bible. We can follow up on the screens. There's quite a lot of things that we're going to follow up on the screens. Amen. Just leave the Bible open, my brother, there on the screen. Let's go to verse 20. Then Job arose after they delivered this bad news. Then Job arose and rent his metal and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. After, after this series of misfortune, the man did not find it in him to blame God. The greatest tragedy that I find today is people that would want to blame God. Let me tell you something. No matter what trials you go through, never ever be tempted to blame God. Uh, Hallelujah. Yes, you ask me, did God have the power to prevent what was happening in Job's life? Yes, he did. But still, the same God that has got the sovereignty to prevent things from happening in our lives, he does allow them to happen in our lives to test our pedigree. Hallelujah. But uh, this, this, uh, this must be something after you have had news, uh, bad news after bad news, but you still are able to fall on the ground and worship. Uh, hallelujah. And listen to what he says, verse 21. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. And the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Not God must be blamed. The blessed be the name of the Lord. That means in the midst of my trial, he is still God. He still deserves to be worshipped. Already the servant of the Lord was already passing the test to prove to Satan, I am not worshipping God because things are going right. Even when things are going wrong, the Lord is still the Lord and his name must be blessed. Hallelujah. I think, God, we need such kind of believers. 
Hallelujah. When things are going haywire, you still raise your hand and say, despite my misfortune, but God is still God. Are you still with me? Now, let's go again. Job 2, brother, verse 4. Just, just go to my verse 2. Okay. And the law, um, verse 1. Again, there was another, there was a day when sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Verse 2. And the Lord said unto Satan, this is the second conversation. From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Hallelujah. Verse 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still holdeth fast. Hallelujah. Still holdeth fast his integrity, although moveth to me against him to destroy him without cause. That means you, Satan, you you want to move Job against me, but he still preserves his integrity. Look at him. This is the second conversation. Verse 4. And Satan answered to the Lord and said, Skin for skin. All that a man hath, will he, will he give for his life? So, Job, and I don't know, the, the devil is really a, twist, a twisted creature. Because I would imagine, if you are a parent, no parents would want to see their children suffering. They would rather suffer than to see their children suffering. Isn't it so? When your child is sick, there are times where you feel as a child, as a parent, you can take over that sickness that it can be upon you. But the the devil thought, no, because the children are taken, everything that you own is taken, but because he still has life, then he said, no, let us go skin for skin. Verse 5. But he put forth thine hand now and touch his boat and his flesh, and he will cast thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. That means, take him through the trap, but preserve his life. Are you still with me? But here is my question. When God and Satan were having conversation, God never allowed the job to know what has been discussed. Your trials that are happening in your life, you don't know what is the conversation between God and Satan about you. So don't be the first person to run and blame God. Certain things are going to happen and trials happen for three reasons. The first reason may be that because you made wrong choices. Wrong decisions that you make, you're going to suffer for them. Are you still with me? Certain trials are for your character development. God wants to build your character. Are you still with me? And the third one, it may be that God wants to glorify himself in your life. Are you still with me? Now, leave it like that. 
Now, I'm going to, we are going to paraphrase this life. Let's go to Job, run about two, let's go to verse nine. Now, when he's going through, I, I can imagine after the first calamity befell him, the wife must have said, Job, let's pray. I'm praying for you. This is just for a season. God is just putting us on a trap. And another calamity befell him. And the wife must have said, oh, we can see God is trying you. But at some point in time, the wife turned around and then said his wife unto him, does thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. This now was not coming from the street. It was coming from the closest person that he was with. And let me tell you something. As you are going on a trial sometime, God may send the very people that are close to you to say things that may discourage you. Uh, hallelujah. And uh, based on this scripture, your marital partner is not an exception. Uh, are you still with me? That is why worshiping God is an individual affair. I'll repeat, worshiping God is not a marital affair. It is an individual affair. Are you still with me? Let's go verse 10. And he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. And I'm saying, she was a foolish woman. Why am I saying foolish? That means she was there because things were going right. And sister, I'm not, this is no reflection to a specific gender. Even your husband may be a source of discouragement. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. No one is immunized from that. When everything in your life is being tried, nothing is immunized from a trial. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive God at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil. That means Job is reminding the wife that you remember when the camels were given, we said praise be to God. You remember when the the sheep were given, we said praise be to God. You remember when the children were born, we had baby dedication. Now, if these things happen, must we curse God? Hallelujah. In all this, did not Job sin with his lips. Despite what he was giving, he washed his tongue. A lot of people, when things go haywire, they don't wash their tongue. And let me put it this way. Some thought that when they come into the message, everything is going to go right. Let me tell you something. Believing in God is declaring war against Satan. That is the moment where you're going to be put on a trial. It's not because the message is wrong. It's because all along you were not the target of Satan because you never posed any threat towards Satan. But the moment you take sides with Jesus, you become a target of the enemy. Hallelujah. Now, this was the wife. This is how Job dismissed it. Verse 11. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came everyone from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite, 
and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite, for they they had this, that bit of light is distracted. Now, for they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. So these friends, after they've heard that, look, our, our friend is going through a rough patch, they decided that, look, let us come together, let us go there to comfort him and to mourn with him. Verse 12. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, because of what? Because of the trial. Because of the sickness. He had changed. When they looked at him afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent every one of his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. Verse 18. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights. None spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. That means for seven days, seven days and seven nights, they just could not speak. They were overwhelmed by what this man was going through. And you will find out that this was the best thing that they've ever done to Joe. Because them keeping silent was the best gift that they could give to Joe. Because you realize, the moment they spoke, it caused so much distress for Job. Have you ever gone through a trial where even people do not know what they can say to you? They just look at you. Nothing to say. Loss of weight. Wondering, what is this man, what is this woman is going through? And Brother Brennan, because this was a prophet of the hour, he actually doesn't just call them friends. He says they were fellow church members. They've had sermons. They've had songs. They had no scripture, no song, nothing to console Job with. For seven days, seven nights, they kept quiet. Are you still with me? You'll see... In verse, let us go to chapter 4, verse 1. When you look at the book of Job, chapter 1 and chapter 2 speaks about, I said chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 1 and chapter 2 speaks about the background. But from the fourth chapter until the 38th chapter, it was Job conversing with friends. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, If we are saved to commune with thee, will thou be grieved? If we dare speak to you, this is after seven days and seven nights, he says, if we can really speak to you, are you going to be grieved? That means the man had a mouthful to say to Job. But who can withhold himself from speaking? This man... He was battling with his thoughts. Remember, he had been quiet for seven days, seven nights. But after that, he says, but look, who can withhold himself from speaking? And remember, Job was the greatest man in the East. Job was the wealthiest man. And not only wealthy, because you can be wealthy and not be wise. He was as well wise. 
Let's hear what he says. Verse 3. Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened the weak hands. Here's my question. When Job instructed many, where were the people that he instructed when he was going through a trial? Where were the weak hands that were strengthened by him? Verse 4. Thy words have upholden him that was falling, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. This, they are speaking about the character of the man. Isn't it amazing that even in your family, you may be the strongest one that advises everybody else, but no one dares you to ask, are you fine? In most families are the mothers. And let me put it this way. Isn't it ironic that the very thing that you would want to help the people with is the very thing that you are going to be tried on. And when you are being tried on, people are going to ask the question, but you cannot be the one that is going through this. You are good with giving marriage advices. But one day your marriage gets tested and everybody turns around and says, but you have helped many with marital advices. What is going on? You're a prayer warrior. You prayed for everyone else. But why has this thing befallen thee? But now it has come upon thee and thou faintest. Brother, you have advised us on we're going through our trials. Now you're going through the same trial, but now you are fainting. But uh, these were not the ways that you said to them when they were going through the trial. But these are the ways that are coming back to you when you're going through the trial. A human being is very selfish by nature. I'll repeat, a human being is selfish by nature. Come on, don't look at me strange. The very people that you help and you thought you were going to help you are not helping you. And thou faintest, it touches thee, and thou art troubled. Six. Is it no, is not this thy fear, thy confidence, thy hope, and the uprightness of thy ways? He's, in modern day, he simply say, is this not your holier than attitude that got you into the trouble that you are in? You advised other young people and gave them solid advices, but look at your child. It's not because when you were advising our children, it was holier than your attitude. Are you still with me? Why? The devil was trying to discredit everything that Job had done. And here's the danger. He was not using an enemy. He was using friends. 
men that can stay with him for seven days and seven nights and speak no way and just be there to make sure that we are here to support your brother. But when they broke their silence, it didn't help much. Verse 7. Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent, or where were the rushes cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. This is the brother now is beginning to say, brother, let's talk man to man. There is no way that these things could be happening to an innocent person. These things are happening because you must have done something in your corner. There are certain believers that are so spiritually immature that when one goes through a trial, they think that it's because they must have made God angry somehow. You're not saying amen. amen. Makes me wonder why. I hope it's because you are digesting what I'm saying. Let me read one quotation. Brother, leave it as it is. We need to go through this. Brother Branham says, in the message, Humble Thyself, paragraph 76, he says, Job knew that he was right. And I want to show you, I'm going to show you where things really went wrong in Job's life. Him losing whatever he had was not wrong. Him receiving these discouraging friends was not wrong. But there is something that happened during the trial that made Job to be wrong. And we'll check what caused it. When we find out, rather this is in the message I've heard, but now I see, paragraph 76. Job knew that he was right. When he find out here in the scriptures, these fellows came to him, his church members. Everything that once seemed dear to him had turned against him and tried to accuse him of being a secret sinner. Because all these things had happened to him. You hear people here today say, I told you, look at him. Even believers, I told you, look at him. That and together the truth. Sometimes is God testing his people. It was God testing Job. The best man there was on earth at that time. If the best man upon the face of the earth during that time could go through such a trial, who are you? Return back to my scripture, brother. Verse 9. By the blast of God, they perish. By the breath of his nostrils, are they consumed. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perisheth for lack of prey, and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad. Now, they are beginning to make insinuations, and they are using parables to get back at Job. Now, 
leave it like that. These friends, they came right from the fourth chapter until the 38th chapter. It was just Job and friends choking. Here is the most dangerous thing. Them, him losing his stuff was not a wrong thing. Him receiving friends was not a wrong thing. But when friends began to make accusations, Job developed an arrogant spirit. Are you still with me? It was based on the accusations of friends where Job began to question the sovereignty of God. He wasn't thinking that it was going wrong. He was only thinking that I am defending myself. The prophets say, if they speak about you, don't ever speak bad. Don't ever speak back to them because God is not going to be part of it. If they speak, bless them. Now, you wonder why from the fourth chapter until the 38th chapter, it is a man conversing with friends, a friend after friend, accusation, he defends himself, accusation, he defends himself for the whole book of Job. I wonder what, what would have happened had Job, right from the beginning, just say, it is your own opinion, and began to praise God. I'm tempted to think that the trial may have been shortened. Now, let's go to Job chapter 32. Verse 1. Now, as these three characters were busy making this accusation and that accusation, you know, it even drove Job to say, I wish I knew where God stayed so that I could go and knock on his door and really ask him a question. What, what gave him this audacity to say he can ask God? What gives you the audacity that what the trial that you are going through, you can really ask God and demand to know answers from God and say, why God, you are doing this. You are a clay. He is a porter. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. You are not going to choose your trial. God will allow trial to come your way. Now, as they were speaking, these three good friends, there was a young man that was listening to the back and forth conversation, accusation, defense, accusation, defense, and his name. He said, so these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then was kindled to the wrath of Elu, the son of the Barachal, the Buzite, of the kindred of Ram against Job was his wrath kindled because he justified himself rather than God. The enemy had brought him into a corner where he had to speak more about himself and less about God. I don't know whether you, do you get where we are going? This man 
while others were accusing him, this man was holding Job that, look, while you are busy defending yourself against this, you have made yourself to think that you are better. Verse 3. Also against his three friends was his wrath kindled because they had found no answer and yet had condemned Job. And Elihu had waited until Job had spoken because they were elder than him. When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, then his wrath was kindled. And Elihu, the son of Barashavel the Buzite, answered and said, I am young, and ye are very old. These are very experienced men in the church. These were not novices. These are men that Job had gone far with. Are you, are you with me? What am, I, what am I saying? When you are a believer, be sure of your stand. I am young, you are very old, wherefore I was afraid and does not show you my opinion. I said the days you should speak and multitude of years you should teach wisdom. I'm thinking that, brethren, after so many years on the journey, you should know better. You should know that what the brother is going through is not because of his own doing. God allows trust to build our character. But here you are busy. You don't see what this man is going through. And furthermore, he doesn't see what God is trying to do in his life. He is beginning to develop a self-righteous attitude to say, me, I'm a man without sin. Me, I'm better. Me, that did not sit well with this young man. But there is a spirit in men. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Do you see, this man is saying, Joe, let us move focus from you. Let us focus back on God. This trial is not about you. This trial is about God. Great men are not always wise. One, I want to drive it here. I've seen a lot of people that have been crippled because somebody passed an opinion. Folks, the only opinion that counts is God's opinion. I'll repeat, the only opinion that counts is God's opinion. Not some great man somewhere. That great man is not God. Great men are not always wise. Neither do the age understand judgment. That is why as you move on the Christian journey, you would know that there is a difference between an elder and an old man, an old woman in church. Somebody can be old and not be an elder. There are people that have long been in the message, things that they utter is like they came yesterday. They are so juvenile in how they approach things. Therefore I said, hearken to me. I also will show you mine opinion. Behold, I waited for your words. I gave ear to your reason whilst he searched out what to say. 
Yeah, I attended unto you, and behold, there was none of you that convinced Job or that answered his ways. You have brought this accusation against this brother, but you have never backed it up. Now, he's dealing with friends, but do not be misled. He's not taking sides with Job. He's coming on Job's case. Lest he should say, we have found out wisdom. God trusteth him down, not man. Now, he has not directed his ways against me, neither will I answer him with your speeches. They were amazed and they answered no more. They left off speaking. This young man made this man to be speechless. That couldn't you just say because what has Job going through is because the Almighty God had trust in him and he wanted to test him. Verse 16. When I had waited for they spake not, but stood still and answered no more. I said I will answer also my part. I also will show mine opinion. For I am full of matter. The spirit within me constraineth me. Behold, my belly is as wine which has no vent. It is ready to burst like new bottles. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person. Neither let me give flattering titles unto men. I'm not going to be a man's pleaser. This is what this man is saying. For I know not to give flattering titles. In so doing, my maker would soon take me away. Wherefore, Job, I pray thee, hear my speeches and hearken to all my ways. Wherefore, behold now, I have opened my mouth and my tongue has spoken in my mouth. My ways shall be of the uprightness of my heart and my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty has given me. If thou canst answer me, set thy ways in order before me and stand up. Behold, I am according to thy wish in God's state. I am also formed out of the clay. Do you see this man? Seven. Behold, my terror shall not make thee afraid, neither shall my hand be heavy upon thee. Surely thou hast spoken in mine hearing, and I have heard the way, the voice of thy way, saying, I am clean without transgression. I am innocent. Neither is there iniquity in me. He's coming to Job. Behold, he findeth occasions against me. He counteth me for his enemy. He putteth my feet in the stock. He maketh all my paths. Behold, in this thou art not just, I will answer thee, that God is greater than man. Uh, Do you see where he's moving the focus that, brother, this is not about you, this is not about your self-righteousness, this is about not the number of years that you have served God, this is not whether you have not committed sin, God is greater than man. Why? He is now reminding Job that actually you, Job, you are a creation. He is the creator. Now you will hear later how God agreed with these ways. 
Verse 13. Why dost thou strive against him? Why are you blaming God for your trials? Why are you blaming God for what you are going through? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. God will never be held accountable by any mortal. I'll repeat, God is sovereign. He will never be held accountable by any mortal. That means even if somebody close to you dies, it is their time for them to go. God has set the parameters for every person upon the face of the earth. You cannot turn around and say, God, if you were God, why did you allow him or her to die? A human being can never hold God accountable. Actually, there is a scripture that says, no flesh shall glorify itself before God. That's why some people, they think, whenever we tell them a message, like when we come, we say, hey, look, God does not allow a woman to pray. And the person turns around, what if the woman wins souls? Do you think you're going to have the day of judgment and say, oh God, you said a woman must not preach, but look, I have won ten souls. God can never be held accountable. Verse 14. For God speaketh once, yet twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon me in slumberings, Upon the bed. Then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw men from his purpose and hide the pride from men. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. He is chastised also with pain upon his bed and the multitude of his bones with strong pain. So that his life abhorreth bread and his soul dainty meat. His flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen and his bones that were not seen stick out. His soul draweth near unto the grave and his life to the destroyer. If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to show unto men his uprightness, then he is gracious unto him, saith, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. What a sermon. He shall pray unto God. And he will be favorable unto him. He shall see his face with joy, for he will render unto men his righteousness. He looketh upon men, if any say, I have sinned and perverted that which was right, it profited me not. He will deliver his soul from going into the pit, and his life shall see the light. Lo, all these things worketh good, oftentimes with men. To bring back his soul from the pit to be enlightened with the light of the living. Mark well, O Job, hearken unto me, hold thy peace, and I will speak. If thou hast anything to say, 
answer me, speak, I desire to justify thee. If not, hearken unto me, hold thy peace, I shall teach thee wisdom. Furthermore, Eloah answered and said, Hear my words, O ye wise men, give ear unto me, ye that have knowledge. For the ear trieth the words, as the mouth tasteth meat. Let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job hath said, I'm righteous, and God hath taken away my judgment. Should I lie against my right? My wound is incurable without transgression. What man is like Job who drinketh up scorning like water, which goeth in company with the workers of iniquity and walketh with wicked men? For he hath said, It profiteth a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore hearken unto me, ye men of understanding, far be it from God that he should do wickedness, from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man shall he render unto him, cause and cause every man to find according to his ways. Surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Who hath given him charge over the earth, who hath disposed the whole world, if he set his heart upon men, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together, and men shall turn again unto dust. If now thou hast understanding, hear this, hearken to the voice of my ways. Shall even he that hateth right govern, will thou condemn him that is most just? He went on and on pleading the case. Let's go to verse 38. Chapter 38, Rana. Chapter 38. 38 chapter. After this man spoke, he spoke over three chapters. Verse 38, I said verse from verse 1, 38 from verse 1. After this man spoke for most for two chapters, he caused God to speak. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Do you remember that man was acknowledging the sovereignty of God? Now, do you see God is coming to affirm that that man, what he was saying, was correct? Get up now, thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Do you see, right during the trial of Job, he lost a sense that God is sovereign. That's why he said, I wish I knew where he was so that I could go and hold him accountable. He forgot 
that he is mortal and God is immortal. He forgot that he was a creation and God was a creator. Certain trials are going to make us to forget who God is. We must never forget who he is. We are a clay. He is a potter. Are you still with me? No human being can ever find fault with God. Yes, you can go and say, why did Moses that time told God to repent? It was not Moses. It was the spirit of Christ in Moses. Who has laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? This, this is very good for the people that say, if God is God, why did he allow that uh, storm to hit Mozambique and South Africa, uh, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and Malawi? If God is, is so good, why we have hung upon the face of the earth? Certain things have got to happen to confirm the scriptures. Verse 6. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut up the sea with dust when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness a, swad- a swaddling bend for it. And break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors. And said, Hitherto shall thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place that it might take hold of the ends of the earth that the wicked might be shaken out of it? It is turned as clay to the seed and the stand as a garment. God is telling Job that, look, I'm the boss here. I'm the creator here. Your trial is designed and allowed by me. You are not going to hold me accountable. Let's go, brother, to Job 42. Chapter 42. Verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who brought this man in his life? That young man. Verse. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not. This man is repenting. Verse 4. Here I beseech thee and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now mine eye seeth thee. There's a difference between when you have heard about something and when you see it. Somebody can speak without experience and somebody can speak with experience. Those people, they speak from two different realms. 
Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. What, what, what is bringing the end to the... There's a repentance going on before restoration. Where, wherefore, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes... And it was so that after the Lord had spoken this words unto Job, the Lord said unto Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a bent offering. When you remain in your post of duty, God is going to bring the very people that accuse you for there you to pray over them. Amen. Somebody can say amen better than that. Are you going to, when you say pray for them, going to say, no, God, you don't know what they really did to me. No. And offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. The very one that you said is not perfect, you are perfect. He is the one that is now mandated by God that go and lay hands on them. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept. Lest I deal with you after you are fully. In that ye have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. So Eliphaz at the Temanites and Bildad the and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did according to the Lord, did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord also accepted Job. The Lord attended the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. What, what brought the turning point in the life of Job? When he prayed for the very people that accused him. Let me tell you, when God comes to vindicate you, you are not going to sit there and say, look, everybody else, I was right. No. God expects you to extend the hand of fellowship to them, a hand of brotherhood to them, and say, brothers, I pray for you, we get going. Also the Lord gave Job. This is now after repentance. This, there was a season of abundancy, there was a season of trust, there was a season of repentance, now there is a season of restoration. A lot of people expect to enter the season of restoration without repentance. God is not going to allow that. Glory be to God. God is not going to bless. Why? God wanted to make sure that there is no more pride in Job. As you read the book of Job, when accusations were leveled against him, he became too proud. 
Oh, brothers, you can't say this. Look at this. Isn't it amazing that a lot of time, if somebody wrongly accuses you, you immediately search for good stuff to prove that, listen, God is on my side. Look what he has done. Look what he has done. Look what I have. No. By doing so, you may end up blaspheming God. God expects you to be humble all the time. Are you here? You, you know what I'm talking about? If your child goes wrong and people say, look at your child. He, he, she has gone wrong. Immediately say, yeah, but you are divorced. We, I'm still happily married. Oh, your marriage has gone wrong. But look at the kids that I have. Are we not always using the good things in our lives and using them as a counter argument. And as we do that, we forget who has preserved that. Am I talking about things that you know? And the Lord, also the Lord, Gave Job twice as much as he had before. Hallelujah. How many camels did he have? 300? No, brothers. 3,000. Am I right? Were you listening to me? 7,000 sheep. That means he had how many now? 14,000. He had 3,000 camels. How many did he have now? He had 500 oxen. How many did he have now? He had 500 donkeys. How many did he have now? He had a great household. What happened to his household? He was the greatest man of of all the men in the earth, what happened? Everything doubled up. But look, before the restoration, what, what happened? Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and I've got a question. When Job was going through the trust, where were these people? Why are they only featuring when things are going right? Things when are going right and you are prospering, you say, oh, I've got many friends. Look, if I walk through the mall, they recognize me. Oh, if you go through the trust, they will avoid you. The only person that is reliable in the life of a human being is God and God alone. Some people are with you based on what you can do for them. The moment they realize you can't do anything for them, they change. Do you believe that to be the truth? Some people are there because they need you. Once they've exhausted the need, they disappear. I mean, if this man had this many brethren and many sisters, 
goodness, when he was going through the trial, these people should have had an all-night prayer. Their prayers together, they would have changed the course of events. Where were they? Sometimes God allows trial in your life to test the people that you claim that they are closer to you. Some of you are really surrounded by hypocrites. And you think I've got good people around you. Let the trial strike. You will know really whether who are the people that are genuine. And let me put it to you. If you go through the trial and you had people that had surrounded you and they disappear, don't develop bitterness. Because bitterness is not going to kill them, it's going to pollute you. Brethren and sisters and all that had been of his acquaintance. Acquaintance, it must be business associates. People that would phone him and say, hey, I'm about to buy a Kmart. You own 3,000 of them. You are better experienced. You remember the one scripture says, young men used to come to me to hear my wisdom. But now when they see me, they laugh at me. And did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him. And comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money. And everyone an earring of gold. Why were they not giving this man when he needed this most? Until people, they say money attracts money. <laughs> to justify why they are in your life. Because they know, I buy you lunch, you're going to buy me dinner. I buy you shoes, you're going to buy me this and that. This, for me, these people are useless. They were there for convenience. And they are coming back for convenience. And the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Believer, hear me out. The trials that you have gone through, the reason God did not take your life, you are still here. Your latter days are going to be better than your former days. Things are still going to get better. More blessings are still going to come. Let accusers say whatever they want to say. Let naysayers say whatever they want to say. You just say the Lord is still God. And I shall worship God during easier times and during the difficult times because I understand everything has a season. And I will never use my season of trial to rob me of the season of blessing that is coming. Check your tongue when you go through the the trial. 
So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had now 14,000 sheep. God knows math. If he says by two, he's not going to miss it. 6,000 caimans. A thousand yoke of oxen. A thousand she asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. How many did he lose? Seven sons and three daughters. Here he didn't double. He, let me tell you, if he had a son like me, if I've got the war, he's not receiving another son with another name. He is receiving exactly the same sons and the same daughters that he lost. With their best marks, right where they were. Not only that, with the memory of the family. This God is a restorer. My question is, when he thought he had lost them, where were they? He did not actually lose them. God made him to lose the sight of where they were. God took them into another dimension to allow him to go through a trial. At the end of the trial, he dropped them back to Job. Ah, I believe this God is a restorer. You remember the young man called Oscar? Who had lost his ponies, donkeys, horses rather. And when he had lost his ponies, he came to Brother Branham and said, Brother Branham, I need my ponies. And Branham said, we shall pray that God must give you other ponies. He said, Brother Branham, I don't need other ponies. I need the ponies that I have lost. Brother Branham looked at him and said, did you not say God is a restorer? God had to say to Oscar, God is a restorer. And in the following days, Oscar found exactly the same ponies out in the snow. Are you here? He is not a God of replacement. He is a God of restoration. Anything and everything that you have lost, God is going to restore it. I will say it until all the hearts are gripped. Everything and anything that you have lost, God is going to restore it. Then he began to name them. We did not know their names. Now he is naming them. Go on, brother. This is the naming. Go on. And in all the lands where no woman found to be so fair as the daughters of Job. Very pretty. Sisters, they did not need uh, bio oil. God given beauty. (laughs) 
It was not a man-made beauty. No man. And you sometimes that lack spiritual maturity, you think the message makes you ugly. I challenge you. Go to standard six and locate friends that you went to school with and really come. Some of them, if you were to say, we need to do, what do you call it, a reunion. They are not going to pitch. It's not because maybe they don't have a car. It's because some of them, they don't have teeth. <laughs> but you, God, look at Sister Maria, 82. Still looking very young. Working Monday to Saturday. If you go and check her, some of them are 60 years. But when you look at this man that is 60 or this woman that is 60, ah, <laughs> they are finished. The message preserves you. Amen. So I need sisters to say amen to that. Amen. Some men, brothers, you don't know, they are really having difficult time seeing their women without makeup. It's a trauma. We only see them when they are out, but they see the reality. And we can tell our other men, how you see them in the mall is how they are at home. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Makeup actually destroys your skin. I mean, know that. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this, lived Job and 140 years. You think your trial is going to give you a heart attack? You think your trial is going to shorten your days? If it is God's trial, God has got the mechanism. Why the trial that you went through, you never had a heart attack? Why you never had a heart trouble? Yes, there will be times where the high blood pressure will shoot up, but the God will normalize it. I, I know some people are preparing for death more than living. Hundred and forty years. And so his sons and his sons' sons even for four generations. So Job died being old and full of days, content, happy, no regrets. When God is on your side, I don't care what is against you. Your latter days are going to be better than your former days. And God is going to restore manifold don't worry about the cycle. Life has got many cycles, has got many seasons. Don't worry. The season that you are going through, it is not eternal. It is for a season and for a reason and for a lesson. And once it is passed, your character is going to be stronger than it was before the trial. Do not curse God. Do not blame God. Do not question God. Accept the will of God. 
glorify God in your trial, then you will see what God will do. But be careful of friends that would want to derail you and make you to justify yourself and think you are more justified than God he is. Avoid that. We all need a friend like Elihu who was able to bring Job back to the path. God bless you. Rest. Sunday we are here, but in between the next Sunday, we are going to have one Wednesday, which is next Wednesday, where we are not going to be here, because the Friday of next week is our convention uh, next door. Amen. So, Sunday we are here, and then... Let's just sing, only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Amen. And then we are just going to pray. Amen. I hope the book of Job has been a blessing to you. Only believe, all things are possible.
tonight we are here again Lord God Almighty with our eyes face down to the dust of the ground from whence you took us oh Lord what a great teaching it is Lord Jesus Christ if you take us through the waters they will not consume us if you take us through the fire Lord God Almighty we will not be burnt for you know we know you are with us Lord Jesus Christ we pray tonight have mercy upon us, Almighty God, if we begin to complain. Lord God Almighty, like Job of old, help us to remember that we should still worship you. We should still give you glory. We should still honor you, Lord, even in those trials. You are the God of the valleys. You are still the God of the mountains. Lord, when we, go, when we are in the valleys, Lord, we just pray, may you be with us, Lord, like you were with Job. Father God Almighty, give us the inspiration to know that you are with us even in those trials. And we thank you for this message, O oh Lord Jesus Christ. May we always remember that when we go through these trying times, Lord, you are there for a reason and for a season. Father God Almighty, we want to thank you for the good seasons and even for the bad seasons. Yes. We thank you for the word that has gone forth, Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord. May it strengthen us, Lord. May we go in the strength of this message, Lord, for all the trials that will come our way. We want to thank you, mighty God, for the inspiration that you gave unto our pastor. May you continue to inspire him, Lord Jesus, that will continue to partake of the same spiritual food. Oh, Lord, we want to 
commit even the convention that is coming yes. into your holy hands. Lord, may you inspire whoever is going to speak to us, Lord, that we will partake at your table yet again. Lord, may you bless us tonight. May you bless our pastor. May you restore the strength yes. that has gone out of him. May you bless his family. Let may you bless so each and every member of this congregation, Lord. Until we meet again, we pray, Lord, may you go with us to our various homes. May your grace be with us until we meet again. Oh, Lord, we pray and ask for all these blessings in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 God bless you richly. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. See you on Sunday. We are looking forward to Brother Obet Dioka from DRC. will be with us next week, Brother Lawrence Mutasa. Uh, originally from Zimbabwe, is going to be with us. It is going to be, we are going to have a blessed time. We certainly are going to have a blessed time. So, but all the details, we shall announce them on uh, Sunday. Amen. God bless you. Keep on praying for the convention. How many are praying for the convention? Amen. Pray for it that God may him move in a special way. Amen. The theme is the consecration set apart for a greater service. Amen. God bless you richly. Brother Grace, you can give us a song till we meet on Sunday. Amen. Blessed be the tide of Jesus. Oh,